0: But in the heart, a oh, wish is just a dream. Time never.
1: I just told you that I hope we talk to Russ again soon and I spoke too fast because we didn't stop. Russ was still on the line, still in the Zoom meeting, which is our format for these interviews and had a lot more to say and we thought it was going to be a personal discussion and it kind of was. Um, So if you want to get more insight into what is going on with Russ on a personal level and uh, we share a lot of information that we didn't really expect to be broadcasting. But at the end of it, Russ said, you know, why didn't we record this? There's so much stuff that people might find of use or value or interest. Uh, it's too bad we can't share it. And uh, Doug is the expert in these formats, but I have learned enough from him to know in the upper left corner, there's a little word flashing that says recording. And I told Russ, we're still on. So we could share it if it was okay with him. We got permission. So it's kind of like a hot mic deal, but it's with permission and, uh, hope you'll enjoy it. So this is our part two recorded right after part one that you heard last week. And, uh, let us know how you like it. Richard at lostartsradio.com for any feedback. And, uh, here's Russ Tanner for the impromptu unplanned second part of our discussion last week. I hope you like it. You know, it's kind of interesting to me what's making them go slow relative to what they could do with the extermination agenda. You know, that everybody's still alive. It's amazing. Yeah. Well, With the geoengineering network, they could dump anything they want on everybody right now.
2: I think they're trying. You know, I've kind of looked at that a lot, and I think what they do, I have a hypothesis, Mm-hmm. is they don't want to overwhelm the hospitals. So what I found when I was trying to think where do they dump more than others because I wanted to move somewhere they don't dump as much because I'm very sensitive to it, mm-hmm. and I found that areas where it seems there's a higher ratio of people to hospitals, uh-huh. they spray less because <clears throat> they don't want to overwhelm the hospitals. In places where there's less population to hospital, they spray more. That's an Another factor theory. is that Maine is sprayed as hard as New Jersey, New York City, and Boston. Every time I've driven through those, it's the same, and sometimes <clears> worse <throat> in Maine, often worse in Maine. <coughs>
1: That's kind of counterintuitive in a
2: way, right? Well, actually, Maine is the oldest per capita. They don't like retired people. Oh. oh, oh. So it makes I was like, why is that? And I'm like, oh, <clears throat> did a little research. Like, okay, that makes sense. There's
1: a lot of retired people in Florida, right?
2: But Florida has, up until the last few years, had a very high people to hospital ratio because of the rapid influx. Mm. So I would go to Florida and stay with my mother because I grew up in Florida. And it was better, much better. It was one third the intensity as in Maine. And then they built two new hospitals in Dunedin, where my mother lives, which is around Clearwater, Tampa area. Uh-huh. And then after the hospitals were built, it went up to about 50% the intensity. So it actually increased after the hospitals were in operation. So mm-hmm. I was like, okay, well, that supports. It's just a hypothesis, but it's just a pattern I've seen so far. And there were a couple of whistleblowers mm-hmm. early on that were in hospitals that came out in 2007-ish. Yeah. that actually said they were hospital administrators uh-huh. that were told that they had to report uh the occupancy or how busy the hospital was in certain stats about the busyness and what was being reported in the hospital to strangers on a phone call. Two different whistleblowers in different parts of the United States came out during that time uh-huh. and said they believed it was related to the spraying because they wanted to know the effect that the spraying was. They wanted a feedback mechanism. Oh, huh, interesting. Of course they have hospital records digitized now so they can do it now, but that was back when that was probably in transition.
1: <clears throat> Are you aware of the, uh, excuse me, the digital um, changing of the data that comes out of the uh, original temperature readings and CO2 readings, and then all the UN-connected organizations do what they call adjusting it, right, to prove global warming. And just pay no attention to the fact that some of the big promoters like Obama and Bill Gates and people move to the coast with big mansions right on the ocean. So they're obviously not too worried about it. But they change the data to continue to say that global warming is this catastrophic change that's happening. And there's two sets of data. There's what all those organizations use. And then there's the original unchanged data. That is why those guys aren't worried about it. And I found one person, this one that I mentioned, Don Easterbrook, that, um, did great presentations about it. And he, I wanted him to come on the air and talk about it because it's not an ego thing. It's not like you want to try to prove global warming or global cooling or you got really intense people on both sides. I just wanted to know that what it really is, you know why they're comfortable moving to the ocean and the arctic hasn't become ice free in 2013 and all that stuff polar bears aren't all dying um and he's in an organization called co2 coalition i don't know if you've heard of it
2: i I haven't heard of uh no i haven't heard of it no
1: i thought they'd be good to give some because he's a member and other people are and you know, maybe scientists willing to talk about that. I called them. I didn't get anybody, but they emailed me. And when they found out that I didn't believe geoengineering was the beneficial effort to stop global warming or to hide global warming, they would no longer communicate. They just cut it off completely.
2: Big so, surprise there. Yeah. D-
1: if you ever hear of anybody good that. Um, knows about the two sets of figures and could talk about it i'd love to have some communication with them
2: okay you know what would be really cool is that with embedded system technology you could actually put sensors across the united states and take our own public readings
1: and you'd have to get the old um accurate readings too uh to know whether it's changing
2: true right good point
1: Good but point. now there there are global cooling people now who are equally adamant about that, and they they keep showing pictures about I don't know where they get them, but everything being frozen and you know all the streets being covered in three feet of ice, <laughs> stuff like that.
2: Yeah, and, I like to I like to remind people back when I was in elementary school, we used to when we would kind of. uh um, you know, bicker with each other for fun, <clears> uh, <throat> banter with each with our friends. We'd say, Hey, we, uh-huh. "Why is it taking so long?" The ice age is coming. We used to say, and the reason we yeah. would say the ice age is coming is because <clears> we were <throat> literally taught from our textbooks that we that global uh, the the uh, climate was cooling, and then when like a thousand yeah. years from now, we were going to have another ice age.
1: Yeah, now they're saying ten years, except it's going to be too hot. Right.
2: Right. <laughs> I <laughs>
1: we're think it have might be postpone it it might be seven years now i'm not sure
2: right i think didn't uh greta remove her claim that by uh 2013 something would be underwater recently she did something from her twitter account, one of her, yeah, uh, her yeah. website yeah.
1: Yep. <clears throat> they have to update those things
2: yeah you got to keep updating the propaganda it, it gets stale very quick
1: <laughs>
2: you know data yeah. go- <laughs> oh what a world it's so bad my my Sinuses and throat are just burning right now. Wow. Gotta, yeah, this plume makes me a little... Oh, it's bad. Yeah,
1: I'll, <clears throat> I'll have to have you diagnose what happened to me at some point. But you you can tell that <clears throat> my voice is trying to drive me crazy right now. But this is one of the things that, that happened. And I've gotten over about, <clears throat> about 50% of the whole thing, maybe more. But this... The reason that my voice uh, Is doing this is because I ate Three little tiny Pieces of fruit before we Started and this is Keeping me from eating almost anything I really pay for It and if I but I don't lose Weight so if I keep cutting It down more and more and more and more It's still fine I just can't fall for speaking Of addiction the addiction to eating food I'm not being allowed to go Along with that, at all, so I find that pretty interesting. Hmm.
2: Wow, and I'm sorry that happened to you. Yeah, that's
1: yeah. I'm trying to do an experiment right now where basically, you know, and I, I don't mean to keep you guys too long, I know we all have to go, but um, the basic detox of whatever it is that's hurting you has for thousands of years been fasting. And they all always said fasting and prayer because the focus of attention affects how good your fast uh will work. But there's a guy in the late 1800s named Charles Sanford Porter that uh had a sanitarium in Los Angeles when it was still really beautiful. Orange groves all over the place and everything. And he cured every disease he could find. By people, by having people eat nothing except drink organic raw milk. 100% cure rate was amazing. He had them do it for several weeks. And uh, the advantages on a water fast, it's pretty much impossible to keep working. You know, you just run out of energy. You have to be in bed and taken care of in a good environment. But it cures cancer and all kinds of stuff like that. But Um, with the milk they did the same thing and people didn't lose weight and they were able to stay active so a really interesting book from 1902 describing it which nobody is working with right now that I know so I'm experimenting with that but to do a good experiment with it I have to be absolutely unaddicted to eating solid food so
2: wow I'm yeah, hard. you'll catch up with me sometime on mm. what happened and what you're going I'm, through. I'm
1: I'm going to know soon.
2: You know, going to know. Okay. Because,
1: yeah. <clears throat> Yesterday, I was able to do uh, hard physical work outside for about six hours, and all I had was milk. So, but I'm I'm just watching it really carefully. This is experimenting, like you've talked about you were doing like when you did the follow-up with those people to see why they weren't interested in saving the world anymore. Right. That kind of honest observation is really valuable. And they're trying to get rid of real science now. Or we can still do it. Just like you talked about a public project to put temperature sensors around.
2: Yeah, I really have thought about... Yeah, I really. Had thought, I'm very sorry for what you'd gone through, and yeah, we should talk about that sometime. Um, yeah, but yeah. I'm not, tr- uh, I'm,
1: I'm not trying to sound weird. It's just my voice is like
2: that. No, no, I hear you. I hear you. <clears throat> I would love to do turn Global Skywatch into an actual Global Skywatch. It, is that I'm experimenting <clears throat> with small cameras right now on embedded boards that you could ship to people. <clears throat> they could they could buy them pretty cheap. Um, you know, maybe target somewhere between twenty five and thirty five dollars. They could put it outside somewhere, and it would just. Take pictures of the sky every so often on a regular... Are you talking
1: about to document the spraying?
2: Yeah, and if you could get many, many people across a certain area doing it, you could actually get some interesting data, I think.
1: I do too. I mean, that may be the future of real science is public science. Mm. You know, people willing to carefully observe and record what they see and and, uh, experience. That could be incredibly valuable absolutely right now you've got to have some of the non-zombie population do it though
2: i would love to see it happen and i they're so
1: addicted to fighting you know even people working for good causes they just want to argue and fight and say how everybody else is an idiot and they're kind of missing the point you know like you were saying and i I agree with you about the selfishness 100%. I'm just using different terminology. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying, please learn how to be selfish in the real sense. Mm-hmm. You know, that means you care about everybody. Because we're all, you know, parts of one interconnected organism.
2: That's That, I think, is part of the key, is making people realize how dependent they are on each other. Um It is. You
1: remember, you saw the movie Avatar, right? Yeah. Remember when they were on Pandora and uh, the, what was the lady's name, Dr. something? Uh, Anyway, she was taking the other guy out to the forest on Pandora in their Avatar form. And they were plugging into the tree roots and showing how Uh, a signal that came from one tree root was instantaneously communicated to all the other trees. And they were saying, wow, this is incredible. And that's actually happening now. It's been shown on the level of, you know, maybe beyond quantum physics, that what, not the thoughts, but the emotions, you know, just like the gunpowder in your analogy, the emotions of one person, Affect Everybody else in real time, not at the speed of light, but instantaneously regardless of distance. And so the chaos that our controllers are promoting right now is being sustained partly by injecting, you know, it's an atmospheric geoengineering on a non-physical level, where they're injecting the frequency of fear and contention and conflict and condemnation, division everything that'll destroy us is b- even more prominent than the uh, physical geoengineering and they're using that constantly and they're actually employing people that have demonstrated the ability like in the emoto experiment but negatively and instead of the glass of water the planet because unless you have the preconception that size matters it doesn't Scale is an arbitrary concept. And so, but they're at a disadvantage because they're working for darkness and light is intrinsically way stronger. You know, it's not even a comparison. So, the only way they can keep us from undoing all that and changing the atmosphere back is to keep us thinking that we can't do anything and we're helpless.
2: Yeah. Which they're doing a good job of right now. Yeah. As long as people believe that. Yeah. (sighs) Yeah, it would be amazing if, when you know, when the powers that be come against somebody like this man who was convicted for defending himself, yes. When the if the public would come against and absolutely relentless go against the local government and pressure them to yeah fix this situation, however by whatever means.
1: You know, that that was the idea of January sixth, is that when they try to steal the election. All these people who were against the election being stolen, a million of them would show up peacefully. And, and it's just what you said. But the problem was it was infiltrated and agents came in and made it look like the demonstrators were evil. And I think that's what they would do in a case like Texas. You know, you have a hundred thousand people show up at the court, uh, to protest this ridiculous verdict of him being guilty. You could see his family in there crying and everything it was horrible. And, um, so a hundred thousand people show up peacefully to say this, this is not okay. <clears throat> the FBI <clears throat> sends in a certain number of infiltrators and they start, they wear, uh, whatever is the clothes of the people who are the legitimate protesters and they start throwing bombs and lighting buildings on fire. And, I haven't heard the solution to that yet. Somebody has to deal with that.
2: Yeah, that's true. It's true. It's a hard, this is a hard problem.
1: I'm not saying we can't solve it. But that's the real issue is they've shown their strategy, you know, infiltration and censorship and misrepresentation. And they have the media lying about everybody on television. So we need to have our own informal online think tanks maybe who come up with solutions to that kind of stuff and i think it could be done we, we have a a deep belief that this stuff is so hard and impossible and we have to drop that belief that's a preconception
2: yeah i mean and i say like i said earlier in the show <clears> that <throat> i um i say that all the time i said it doesn't have to be this way i'm trying to just Get people right. to realize it doesn't have to be this way.
1: You're trying to do a Vulcan mind meld into the public, right? <laughs> Cause I, I think, you know, I sometimes tell people things that seem like they'd be a really good idea and the person agrees, but said, yeah, but that's so hard to do. And I'm <laughs> saying that's a belief. It doesn't mean that that has to be true.
2: It's kind of like people with cancer. It's like, whoa! Well, I don't want to go through all the trouble. Say, well, health is hard, but cancer is harder.
1: Yeah, but chemotherapy is free.
2: <laughs> For, well, it's apparently free. The problem is it's just a, a nice way of channeling public money into a corporation's hand.
1: It's force paid through taxes.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, that's, yeah, that's where the self, yeah, well, wow, it's it's a tough problem. It's all tough all problem.
1: the really good places to get health care, which is mostly teaching and a little bit of support, are are not covered by any insurance. So true. The only ones that have gotten a little bit through the system are chiropractors, you know, because they are covered. As long as they are saying they're doing adjustments. If they were, you know, publicly saying you know don't take the chemicals and cure your cancer with natural means and stuff like that they're taking a risk
2: mm. yeah
1: dr group who was a chiropractor and a naturopath uh used to do that and cuz the chiropractors got some rights you know which they fought for and he had a clinic that was curing cancer and they were raided, just like you talked about, they took all their money, their computers, their customer files, everything, and he's lucky not to be in prison now. Wow.
2: Oh. Yeah, that happened to me at the, the, the uh, clinic that where I went through detox after my amalgam removal. Uh-huh. I went and did like two or three IVs there um, for my detox. And while we were there, there was a whole bunch of people there with IVs that were part of a study out of the University of Austin in Texas, um, where they were doing IV aloe vera. These were wow, terminal
1: interesting
2: terminal cancer patients doing IV aloe vera and they were having phenomenal recovery rates of these terminal patients. It I was, can imagine. And he well, was that squashed. Well, in this 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 uh, clinic was in St. Petersburg, Florida. So Laura and I went down there together and we'd do our IVs for like an hour and a half. And we were what, what year
1: was what what year was that Russ?
2: Uh 2000. We would all sit in this room and we you know we'd all chat with our IB, you know cuz everybody sits in the same room with these yeah, uh, yeah, recliners. Yeah, yeah. And the the feds came in. It was a few months after I finished my ABS there. It was Dr. Oh. DiStefano was his name. I've they heard came of in. they shut down the study. The FBI or the FDA shut down the study at gunpoint. They came in with agents. Wow. Drun- wow. Guns drawn. It was in the newspaper and everything. Guns drawn, they took their computers, they shut down the study, they confiscated all the records to the study.
1: This is a big strategy that they're using all the time now, is take everything that you've got, and then say so you're free to defend yourself, you just don't have the money to survive anymore.
2: Exactly. Right. Right. The illusion of freedom, the illusion of power. Wow. Yeah.
1: No wonder people don't want to look at it. It's not very pleasant to to get a feel of what's going on.
2: No. Yeah, it is it is scary. It can be scary. It can feel very scary for people. And I get that. Cause I battled in the beginning when I started learning this stuff. I had to make that decision. I'd rather know. But it wasn't hard for me because I'm a truth person. I want truth no matter what it I'm, feels like.
1: Yeah. And Whatever see, I'm knows. saying that's 100% selfish. It's just wise.
2: And you're acting...
1: I know it sounds totally bizarre, (laughs) like, you already know I'm totally insane, so I'm safe
2: to you. (laughs) I know what you're saying, though.
1: But you know what I mean. The real Russ is not crazy, you know, is, is this being that is connected to everybody else. And the selfishness for that incredible being is doing exactly what you're talking about. And I had the same disease, I wanted to know why with everything, you know, even in elementary school, and I got in trouble for it.
2: Well, I hope it's contagious.
1: I'm sure it is. In fact, that's, you know, the the only thing that I saw is the contagion aspect, that they're giving us a clue with the pandemic. And if we have a pandemic of consciousness, then you have the public spontaneously showing up at the Texas trial and other places like that because it's just obvious that they have the attitude that you said that you know who cares if it's a risk it's there's no option we have to do it because this is what's going on
2: yeah the public officials need to need to need to be need to come to the understanding that if they do something wrong, they're going to be held accountable. And I would even go as far as to say, I think right. government officials should be held more strictly accountable than the public should be.
1: Yeah, they're acting under color of law. Yes, absolutely. U- usually dishonestly.
2: Yes. Yeah, did, always.
1: Did, did you see the old black and white video from Greg Braden about the cancer tumor in this special hospital in China? Uh, that uses no drugs, and they cured that advanced cancer in three minutes on video.
2: No, I haven't heard of that.
1: This is an example of what you were talking about, where the emotional focus, which almost no one has, they're all scattered and fearful and fighting each other and everything, but if you could ever bring it together in a positive way, you remember the reference in the Bible, and this is a long discussion, but if you know that the mountain is moved, then it it can be. You know what I'm talking about, right?
2: Yeah. If you ask, yeah. If you ask and you believe in your heart that the, that it will be, moved, you, then it will be moved. Yeah. If you have uh, faith, you, what, faith in you.
1: Yes, exactly. And the question is, well, what does that mean in real life? And these three doctors were able to train themselves, or somebody trained them, to get into the emotional reality of the mountain already being moved and that was in the case of this tumor and this lady had her whole bladder full of this cancerous tumor they put an ultrasound machine on her lower abdomen to show it and these three doctors stood behind her headboard and they were chanting something in chinese which the translation of which turned out to be already done and already in other words the mountains already moved and it's not there's no magic words for that to do anything but they had the Experiential emotion that it was gone. And in three minutes, it cleared up and it was totally gone. Well, now, this is,
2: yeah, that's but, a big deal. Yeah, this is, yeah, this, this opens up like a big discussion about faith. Um, what is faith? And the Bible has it, just the definition of faith. And... But they
1: didn't say, please take the tumor away, God,
2: mm-hmm.
1: because what that conveys is it's still there. What they what they conveyed is it's gone now,
2: right? Right.
1: Already right. that was a vast difference, mm-hmm. and the tendency well, is to say, "Please do this."
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. That's in that. Yeah, the scripture does say that. If you believing it, I believe it says in present tense. You know, believing it is done. Yes, I'd have to review that, but I believe that's what it says. So,
1: yeah, it's real close, and and it's you know it's the the con- the deeper meaning of the words because you can just say oh, absolutely i believe it's gone and if that's intellectual nothing happens and there are these rare cases where they get so much into it that it's for them it's real it's it's already happened mm-hmm. and if that could be really focused on the subtle difference in what they did It's been shown that this can affect the behavior of very malicious people without them even knowing about it.
2: Well, I'll throw this little subtlety in. This is something that I believe for a long time, because as I've told you before, I've read scripture many times. And um, faith changes the way you feel uh, immediately. So if you, like a lot of people, I know people who live in fear and it's like at some point you're somewhere inside yourself you're believing something fearful. That's um, right. Just like the guy with a gun to his head when he relieved when he believed it was plastic when he believe when he finally found out it was, and believed it was plastic instead of a real gun his fear went away and then he took action.
1: Was that the only robber in the bank?
2: I don't know that I don't remember the details. It was years and years ago. I heard this. Okay. So I don't I don't remember, but it was he heard a rattle i remember him saying he heard a rattle or something right. that indicated it was plastic and it just kind of occurred to him that this is a fake gun but anyway faith affects your emotion so it's like if you if you go somewhere with expectation which is faith is is kind of transcendent of time you know faith is is something that is the the bible says that the substance of things hoped for um the evidence of things yet to come Evidence, substance, substance, evidence. Right. So it, it's kind of like an absolute expectation of not. You just kind of know it. So you know, basically, what I think you're you're conveying there. I'm I'm just saying there's a different level
1: between knowing it for sure intellectually and experiencing it as an already existing reality in in emotions.
2: Yeah. Oh, I totally get that. What I was what I'm what I'm what I'm thinking is that faith comes first. The faith is the thing that the emotions react to. So it's for me, it's not necessarily getting into the, the emotional state. The emotional state is the result of the faith. You see what I'm saying?
1: Well, the problem I have with that and trying to apply it, because I think this is so important. This is like globally uh big deal that could really make a difference in everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I There are some things that I really feel are true but i'm not yet at the point where i can have the emotional state as if they had already happened
2: see i think the emotional state's not there because the faith isn't there though see i think you mean emo-
1: i don't really i don't really absolutely think it's true
2: yeah it's just like it's just like the guy with the gun to his head is that he didn't feel differently until he really believed that was plastic
1: and in okay. the same
2: way if our feelings are not totally at peace with that thing that we're looking at we really aren't having the faith. So, so you'd
1: actions, say that to look at what I think I believe is true, I don't really think is true.
2: At some level, probably because of conditioning, or many people call it baggage, which we all have. Uh-huh. There's something that's blocking you or preventing you from truly believing it. You know, there's it's a subconscious doubt, dis- subconscious doubt, doubt. Exactly, doubt. There's a doubt somewhere. Okay, and you've got to search. We got to search for that doubt. What is blocking the faith? Now, is what the mean?
1: doubt going to be intellectual or emotional?
2: Um, I would think that that would be something, in, it would be something. I don't know how to answer that because I'm not sure how it's framed, but I think it's a belief because the way that I look at it is that, um, uh, Your belief, it's kind of like saying um, before, it's kind of like the Garden of Eden story. In the Garden of Eden, there was an instruction given by God that says, don't eat the fruit of this particular tree. You can have everything else you want, but there's one tree you've got to stay away from. Yeah. So what did they do? They went to the tree they were supposed to stay away from. Okay, so what happened is they were told, they were enticed by something in that garden or someone that said there, there was a lie. So they were told truth by God, then there was a lie. When that lie was introduced and it was believed, it led to action. When that action took place, it resulted in pain and suffering, which is called the curse. So there was a curse that came Um, And the curse was necessary, though, for the recovery. in the long when you realize what really the curse is really for, the curse is part of the protection and the recovery of mankind. It had. I I would have said, look,
1: it was a big mistake to plant that tree. (laughs) That that was my attitude in second grade. And say, wait a wait a minute, wait a minute. Who planted the
2: tree? Well, that's where Adam and Eve were. You know, as soon as is is uh, is God inquires of them, Adam is like, well or the wife she is did. Like, it. Well, the husband said this and then the husband's yeah. like, "Well, the wife said this." Yeah, <laughs> and then they the both worst. decide, "Curse the serpent. It's his fault."
1: We're both <laughs> against. But uh, yeah, I would have been against planting the tree. But, but I think what what you're telling me is that what I think I think I believe is true, there's part of me that doesn't.
2: That's the way I look at it is that there is there's is doubt somewhere and it has to do with conditioning because That faith takes exercise. There's a concept of exercising your faith, practicing. It's like learning how to play piano, in my opinion, is that Uh you you could learn faster if your faith was bigger and higher and stronger. But the way you gain faith is through, you know, people, that's one of the most common questions is how do you gain faith? My opinion of faith gaining is through focus, number one, and repetition. Uh Focus, repetition. That's a how
1: you learn a, a musical instrument, too. It's the same thing, right?
2: Exactly. But that's also how you become propagandized. They, they refocus, yeah. and then they repeat, focus, repeat, focus, repeat. Safe and effective. And that's the same way you gain faith. That's the same way beliefs are formed on a very subconscious level, I believe. And that's the way these blockages, because when those lies are implanted really deeply, then yeah. it's another hindrance to us having faith. Okay. So,
1: so yeah. I think you're, what you're saying is absolutely true. And it's the basic concept behind the principle of using a mantra. You know, in other words, you're repeating to yourself whatever it is that you're focused on that you want to have faith in. And you're repeating that it's true even before you can fully feel it. And, and what's, what's come out is that everybody, you know, most people think mantras, that's just some stupid Indian belief practice. And the reality is no, everyone is using multiple mantras all the time, mm-hmm. which is what you're repeating in your mind, repetition. And it's just that we do it subconsciously, mostly repeating things against ourselves and falling for the propaganda. And I think you're, you're advocating taking the thing that you want to be clear and connected to. And making that what you repeat to yourself all the time.
2: Well, I think I think focus and repetition is the key. And and I and, and as long as people but I think people have to be careful not to idolize this is my opinion, of course. Yeah, yeah. Not to make an idol out of the repetition. Um you know you're saying do it as a tool. Um yeah. I mean I think that at the root of what I'm trying to say is that from the biblical perspective is that that God wants from a from a biblical perspective God wants people to realize that the power is coming from him. When Christ was standing among the crowd of people and they were all pushing up against him and there was a little girl, a young girl who who touched one of the tassels of his garment and those oh, tassels man. actually represented the law because they were living under the law at the time, and those tassels all represented the law. And to make a long story short, he said I, or it was said in scripture that he felt the power, uh, the power like draw from him, mm-hmm. and and it's kind of confusing. It's kind of interesting because people were pushing up against him. There was like a crowd, like a real busy, you know, he was in the middle of a crowd because he was healing people and all kinds of stuff was going on, and it was pretty. Pretty wild stuff, and all everybody wanted to be healed, of course. But this woman touched the tassel, and she was healed. And then because she knew that she would be healed. right. Well, he she right she believed it, but and and then he then he turned around and says, "Who touched me?" And then the apostles are like, "What do you mean, who touched you?" The crowds, yeah, are ten thousand people you. touched you, right? <laughs> right. But it was different, and he knew it. You know, and something yeah. different happened, and I think. Right. I think the recognition, though, biblically, the biblical perspective really is that, yes, you have faith. It's a tool. It's what he wants us to have because we live by faith. All the great things that are done, and Paul goes on and on about all everything that was ever done great was done by faith. He goes on and on about faith, and God just wants us to recognize that, yes, it's by faith, and he's given us a portion of this faith. That's the key is he says, I have given you the faith. The faith comes from me through you. And that's the point. He wants us to keep us from idolizing, you know, something that is not of him. So we have to be careful make sure it's well, up. Thinking we always that you remote, can... it's from him. That's a biblical point anyway.
1: Yeah, and I would agree with that and and um that if you think that you have to learn that you can do anything from your own ego, it's not going to work the same. But if you learn that it can be done through you, by God, if you get the blocks out of the way like a physical detox, but on the spiritual level, and put the focus in the right direction so that you become a clear channel, then what can flow through you is unlimited.
2: I think I think you pretty much nailed it. And I and that's the, the funny thing is is it's it's so win 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 because that's what God wants. He wants you to live by faith. He wants right. you to do great things. He wants you to have an incredible relationship with him he would love for you to go be a healer he would love for you to to do but he knows he knows our capability he knows our limitations he knows how much you know he of course knows all this stuff so you know he basically says i've given you a portion of faith you know some will go out and they will increase A hundredfold, some will increase 60, and some will increase 30. So, some people are going to be more fruitful than others, but go do what you can do with what you have, is the point. That's right.
1: And complete self-confidence and complete humility go together, if you understand how it
2: works. Absolutely. Servitude towards other people, love towards other people, love towards God, recognizing it comes uh, from God. That's why when Christ was asked, "What, what are the two greatest commandments? He said... I you probably I don't know if you know this, but yeah, did you do you know? Have you heard this before?
1: Yeah, I use this all the time.
2: Oh, do you love God with all your heart, soul, body, right. heart, body, mind, soul, and spirit, and love your neighbor as yourself? Because in yeah. these, all the rest of the commandments exist. Yeah, you,
1: I completely agree, and yeah. I think the the idea is to let that take over your life. But I just see it as a hundred percent selfish to do that. Because anything less, you're not really <laughs> getting what you need to. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. Probably people might sometimes get hung up on that concept a little bit, but oh, uh, I know. I, but it's, it, it, I, I use that a lot too with people that I talk to. Is I say, you know, even I, when I try to encourage them to do the right thing, I say, you know, even if you're doing this for yourself only, it's yeah. You st- still go do this, you know, you mm-hmm. know. But I I understand, though, I kind of look at on different levels. Like when you build a house, you could say the carpenter built the house. But, well, I was the financier, so I built the house. So who really built the house? Well, it's depending on the context and the framing of the conversation. So there's a concept that's real relatable to humans that's called self – that's called sacrificial love. It's when you – have no apparent benefit to yourself and you're giving yourself for someone else, which of I course know. Christ was the ultimate example oh, of that. I, I
1: totally follow that. I'm just saying there's yeah. an advantage to seeing that that benefits you. You're not really sacrificing anything. The only thing you sacrifice in doing that is fake.
2: Right. And I think I in my view, I hear what you're saying. I think that's hard for some people to swallow, but I and I, I get what you're saying. And I think it though, seems
1: counterintuitive, you, yeah.
2: Yeah, it's counterintuitive, but the the key for me is that I look at the benefit I get for living a self-sacrificial life is going to come from God. That's where the benefit, he makes up that difference. He's the one That's where
1: any benefits come from anyway.
2: There you go, exactly. I don't see any others.
1: You know, the others are illusion, right? And the, the thing that I don't like about the sacrificial image has been as idealized is because people have in history actually used that to hurt themselves and things that think that it was spiritually beneficial.
2: You mean and like think, uh, whipping themselves and things?
1: That's a physical example, yeah. Yeah. And they used to wear uncomfortable clothes and try to make their food taste terrible and uh make sure that only the people who were destitute were good people. I think
2: that's all false. And so does, in my view, having read scripture, I believe that it is false. I totally agree with you. And that's, scripture doesn't ever tell people to do things that are harmful. In fact, fasting, you know how beneficial that is. Um, Yeah, exactly.
1: And you could, that's a perfect example because you could think, oh, I really want to taste this food and I'm sacrificing so much to fast. No, you're helping yourself get over cancer or whatever it is, you know, and it's just a deeper understanding
2: yeah, I think you're talking from a frame of the financier who built a house. you're saying, well, the financier built a house when the carpenter's not going to agree with you it's gonna, he said you, you didn't lift a you didn't lift a hammer. I built a house but we're
1: all it's in the position of, of the carpenter right we're We're playing the carpenter in that sense in that analogy, and I'm saying, you know, as a carpenter in my life, I'm doing all these physical actions. I'm working sixteen hours a day, I'm doing all this stuff the best I can, but I know. That no anything that is done, that gets done through me is, it wouldn't happen except for God doing it, right? And so what I'm trying to do is become, in consciousness, like a non-existent carpenter, who knows that he's not the actor.
2: Well, that sounds pretty darn healthy to me.
1: Okay, I'm glad
2: you asked. <laughs> <sounds>, to me, <laughs> that sounds very spiritually healthy. You know, and that's in scripture, Talk Christ talked about emptying ourselves, you know, um, yeah. you know, let and and why are you emptying yourself? You're emptying yourself of all the deception and the lies and you're filling yourself with the truth and with God, you know, with with, oh, His Spirit, on, the,
1: with on the physical level. One of the things I've been working on for decades is trying to figure out why do people feel like it's necessary to have your physical body deteriorate and fall apart? There's something, to me, it's just like I ask why about everything, you know, and I can't help it. Uh, There's something wrong with that, because we're not made in the image of garbage, we're made in the image of God, and that should reflect on all levels if we're in line. And so, if that's true, and I'm open to being wrong, but if that's true, which it feels like it would be, what are we missing you know on the non physical level of our focus internally, our emotional state, and our physical lifestyle details what what is possible if we knew how to do all those things as designed and you know, I feel like if that is successful by anybody, me or anybody else who figures that out, of course they have to demonstrate I'm not interested in the theory other than if it helps you to actually do it and If that's done, then something like you would look like you were 30 and live for whatever length of time you're allotted time to learn your lessons in this world where, and then you would leave. But you wouldn't leave because you were destroyed by disintegration. And I really have the feeling that that's normal. Normal has been forgotten. And people could say, well, that's selfish. You just don't want to be you know, sick or degenerating or anything, but I'm saying this is, just, selfishness is including taking care of the form, you know, so it can do more good for the other people. And it's all, I'm not trying to hurt myself. Right. You know, I don't see virtue in that.
2: Right. And it, well, again, I, I, I hear exactly what you're saying. And I think that the ability to convey that type of message all has to do with framing. Um, yes. You're yeah. talking from the financier's part of view, point of view the carpenter won't believe you and if you're talking from the carpenter's point of view the financier won't believe you so paul actually said i became all things to all people that by all means i might save some so it's a great example of of how like when i'm talking when i'm talking to people i try in my own personal experience i just try to find out what their perspective is And just meet them where they are.
1: Use appropriate language, right?
2: Yeah. Because if I, if I start talking about things that are too high and this is a great conversation because you're, you're, we can talk about anything, obviously, which is very cool. But with most people in my life, there's only a limited scope of things that you can really talk about. You know,
1: yeah, I, I'd have to respect that too. Well, it's
2: kind of like a magnet. If you're trying to draw a magnet, the way I look at it is you know how those papers I can't remember what it was but they actually there were ma- there was a there was a document that was smuggled outside <laughs> of a government some facility CIA or whatever with a copy machine uh-huh. and years ago I had a copy of it I don't remember what it is but it actually showed how to control um, uh cultures with an electronic circuit and Speaking in that vein, if you want to attract somebody, you're trying to influence somebody for good. Cause whatever you're doing and in giving the information, we're trying to be influencers, which sounds mm-hmm. pretty cheesy today. But, um, that's really what uh, I realized this years and years ago that we're trying to have influence on people for good. You know, really, right? Right. If you're, if you're a magnet and there's somebody else over here and you get too close, then you clash. If you get too far away, you have no influence. So there's like the, there's the 19.5 zone. You know, there's that sweet spot where it's like you can have the maximum influence without and, you know, communicate and get ideas across without clashing with them. You know what I mean? There's there's kind of that. Yeah, I
1: I totally agree with you. And I think in addition to the magnet uh, symbolism, there's also the discovery that if you really want to be an influencer. Well, first of all, understand we are influencers. Everybody is even the negative people, and they're, they're creating an influence based on the emotional world that they carry internally being the power, and not, not so much their intellectual beliefs, unless they have a chance to explain them, but what they feel to be reality, they're influencing everybody. And so if we want that to become much stronger, then we look at what's not ideal that could be better in what we're carrying internally. And changing that is the most powerful, direct way to change how we influence everybody else. And then the communication of it is secondary. Because you can only communicate what you are.
2: Yeah, well said. My father once said to me, he said, the best thing you can do for us is to take care of yourself, was his way of saying that.
1: Yes, and that was his selfish desire. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Not in a bad way, though, at all.
2: <laughs> anyway, uh, um, well, I tell you what, we are being slammed, and my throat and sinuses are burning. I need to get a mask on. And, okay. Oh my gosh, it is painful.
1: It's fun to get a chance to visit once in
2: a while. Oh, I really enjoy talking to you uh, very much. So I'm. Thank you for having me on.
1: I I have noticed what you said last. Which is the limited number of people that you can freely talk to, and there's, with most of the people that I encounter every day, you know, all I can do is try to say something nice that makes them feel good, that that's truthful, you know, but not bring up anything difficult because all it would do is stress them, and I'm not interested in that.
2: Right. Lead, yeah. It's it's a, it's a tough thing because truth can be hard. You know, from that perspective, truth is hard, uh, can be hard, and it's the hardest person you ever face is yourself, but yet, as an influence, I feel like it's part of my job is to lead them to truth. So, yeah. they eventually need to come to a place where they want to do that. They see the benefit of doing that, really. Is, you know,
1: That's your emotional influence on them. You know, if right. if your influence makes them feel more open and receptive, yeah, then that's really valuable.
2: That's what I go for. That's my... That's kind of one of my passions is trying to
1: However you do that I think that's great. I'm trying. I'm
2: trying, you know. Okay. So I'm going for.
1: Well, I hope your mask helps immediately.
2: It does. It makes an immediate difference cuz this it is biologics. It's it's a little bit lower than it was like half an hour ago, but the effect is I'm 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 thankful that other people don't have to go through what I go through, but at the same time yeah. In the vein of what we were just talking about, part of me wants everybody to smell and taste and feel the burn because then I think they'd be motivated to put an end to
1: this. <laughs> I know, I know, I, I agree. As long as they know what to do with it, right? Know, I think that's one of the little details we have to fill in. You know, sure, I mean, yeah. there's millions of people who know about geoengineering, and I don't think any of them really know what to do. Yeah, that's why it's it's allowed on YouTube and everything.
2: Well, that's something that needs to be figured out and brought out to public is what do you do if you really want to do something i think
1: that's what's missing because people really good people talk about well the public doesn't you know is just putting up with this stuff hear them say that all the time and i'm saying and alex jones is doing wonderful work i really admire and appreciate it but he's saying people put up with this and i'm saying alex exactly what their option is you know what's the thing that they should do and you know it's not it's not so obvious mm-hmm. david Icke talks about peaceful mass noncompliance and i think that's a great idea but the con- the consciousness that is required to make people say i can't go along with this you know i may lose my job or anything but i can't do it they don't have that sense of reality yet.
2: And and sadly that doesn't come without pain and suffering, I think, for most people. I mean, I know I've been there myself. I've done I it took that with me too. You know, I'm not somebody who just who walked between the raindrops or anything like that. I I went through my pain and suffering and I I became a broken horse and I said, okay, all right. I know. That's
1: the method I chose too. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure. I'm still doing that. I would love to demonstrate the opposite. I haven't quite lived totally.
2: it. Totally, that's daily. I try to just purge the stuff out and say, just yeah. walk in faith. Don't be you afraid. Know. Stop. Don't you know? Don't do any. You know, just get better and get better. You know.
1: Access the level of your own belief where you think things are really hard or really impossible, mm. and drop it. Mm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I haven't done that. I'm just yeah, It's what we're I'll striving be.
2: for. Right, to just, yeah. 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 Okay. Use the tools. That's what I look at. You know, he said, if, uh, you know, a portion of faith has been given to everyone. So it's kind of like, okay, what am I going to do with my portion of faith? What have I done but with you, it? Well,
1: you can build on it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I can learn from my mistakes too. So, but I can learn from other mis- people's mistakes too. And the more I do that, that makes, yeah. that makes it easier.
1: Much more efficient
2: absolutely i i love learning from other people's mistakes yes
1: huh. okay well good luck with the mask
2: mm. yeah i was i kept looking around i thought i had one here but i must have left it in the other room so i'm just like Oof.
1: and we'll send you some links to make sure that at least a billion people get to hear the conversation
2: oh, perfect we'd love that thank you very much i will share it everywhere so good so very much appreciated. Very much. Okay. Thank you for what both of you do. doing. Doug, you still there with us?
1: Doug may be in the middle of something.
2: Oh, yeah. But, he, he's probably multitasking. So
1: Thank you for introducing me to Doug, by the way. I think I, hopefully I mentioned that at some point.
2: What do you think the chances are he recorded this conversation? <laughs>
1: uh, very good, because I can see a Zoom in the upper left says recording.
2: Oh, man. I would love to get this whole thing, too. That so, would be great. Yeah,
1: Yeah. well, actually, I mean, this last part was recorded.
2: Oh, that would so be great.
1: I wonder if we should include it as a part two or something.
2: That would be fantastic, I think.
1: That would make two shows instead of
2: one. Two for one, you can't beat free.
1: Because we've gone in two and a half hours so far.
2: Oh, my gosh.
1: I wow. Thought, well, no, is it two and a half? No, three and a half. Can wow. We start? Ten my time to one thirty
2: oh yeah oh my gosh yeah it's four thirty here so
1: i think that's two shows so i'm glad you mentioned that i wouldn't have even thought of it
2: well you you brought came up the two show idea so congratulations i think that's that would be yeah, great if it would work if it would work that way then fantastic
1: yeah i think we should do it
2: i just like what we talked about
1: me too i mean it's just invigorating to get to even explore this stuff honestly Mm-hmm. And not, not worry that everybody's going to be offended about everything and stuff like that.
2: Totally agree. Totally.
1: People agree. are ready to be offended and insulted no matter what you say. Mm-hmm. And I think that's part of the programming.
2: That's another scripture thing that I love. It says, do not be easily offended in Proverbs.
1: There's no advantage to being offended by anything. I mean, mm-hmm. you have to protect yourself where it's necessary. But um, being offended, I can't see any advantages. It's like fear. There's no situation that I can think of at all, and I've looked at it a lot, where it has any advantage whatsoever. Mm -hmm. You know, even in athletic and martial arts situations, the most fearsome and tough uh, fighters are not flying into rages or, you know, get all excited. They're just, I've met some of them. And I've had the, you know, privilege of when I was doing active martial arts, of sparring with some that I can think of, and they just have this feeling of complete stillness that you know in advance. There's nothing you can do that's going to impact this person at all. And usually you just drop the interest in fighting. <laughs> and, and I think the ultimate self-defense is a state internally, you know, that's basically a level of peace that is only talked about and that in that state, I don't think anything could be done to you without your permission.
2: Well, that's very interesting. Um, yeah, I, I hear what you're saying, and I know a lot of people say, "Well, fear is useful if you need the adrenaline to run from a tiger or something like that." Well, so, look at these racers that
1: set world records; they don't—they're
2: not scared. Well exactly that see they're framing it in a different place you know they're framing yes. it from that situation but yet if you can run just if you can run faster without fear because fear itself steals from you i think
1: it it drains it's like a short circuit it drains off a lot of energy
2: exactly so fear is kind of useful only in a very primal situation where you're not otherwise making decisions it's kind of your your basic uh protection mechanism that kicks in
1: if it's the only thing that gets you to move
2: if it's the only thing left, right, exactly. It's the last ditch yeah. kind of thing to protect you, I guess, or first. Yeah, ditch. It's,
1: it's like if yeah, a 100 okay. yard dash runner was yeah. so out of it, he forgot he's in the race and is just, you know, thinking about going to sleep or something like that. And he needs to be jarred out of it. Mm-hmm. But, if, but if he's awake and paying attention, I mean, those guys are amazing.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I hear you. Anyway. Well, I tell you, oh, go ahead. Sorry.
1: Yeah, I'll ask Doug about the two-show idea.
2: Okay. Okay. But either way, I'd certainly, if it's possible, I'd love to get the recording, even if you don't make two shows out of it. But if you do, oh, yeah. great, I'll spread it far and wide. But if not, no big deal. It's okay. Well, if not, it needs to be
1: spread regardless, because I don't think we said anything in this second discussion that shouldn't be beneficial to anybody who wants to listen.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I would love that. I would love that. I think that's a great idea. Okay. Very good.
1: And we'll make a special uh, alternative uh, excuse, I guess you would call it, for YouTube, and say, we were going to give you this great show. And there was this guest named Russ Tanner that I've known for a long time, but I didn't realize he was just an agent of misinformation. And (laughs) one of the many terrible guests that I try to interview for YouTube, and it doesn't work. So we're saving you from that. And if you're so lost and confused and you just insist on hearing it and you think you don't realize you're not mature enough then at your own risk here's the link below to go hear it. there you go that'll go to rumble and brighty on it
2: good idea <laughs> they'll let that yeah. one stay up for sure
1: <laughs> ai has not caught on to sarcasm
2: yet <laughs> oh but when it does it'll they've be been nice. wiping out almost all of our old shows I uh, hope they don't misunderstand sarcasm for Pride. Yeah. For,
1: yeah. So far we're okay. Ugh, anyway. Mine. Thank you. And we'll send you both uh, both archives.
2: All right, Richard. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, this yeah, they still got biologics in the air. I gotta go get a mask yeah, on, but yeah, thank I want you, you to so feel much.
1: better. Okay. Talk to you soon.
2: All right, take care, Richard. Do I just close this window, I guess? Yeah, that's fine. Okay. All right. Talk to you soon.
1: Okay. So you guys got more than you planned for. We actually went for a total of about three and a half hours last week, second half of which you heard just now. And uh you can tell that Russ is a person that cares a lot about the fate of humanity and what's coming next and got a lot of insight into how he views the world and the future of mankind, womankind, life on the planet. And we have a lot of uh common interests, mainly that, if we don't have to go through the maximum amount of suffering for everybody to learn our lessons um we'd really prefer that and I can second that I've been you know what I went through in the last couple of years, which I've alluded to briefly a few times uh gave me a lot of sympathy for people who are prison of prisoners of war and things like that, and they get they end up being so beaten down that they'll confess to anything you want if you just stop the suffering and we see people all over the world in that condition in their personal lives. And I think both Russ and I, and probably Doug too, if he had been in on this conversation, would agree that whatever we can do to make the future of all of us better with less torture for everybody and a better end result, that we should do that. Um, so I enjoyed the extra conversation a lot with Russ. I hope that you do too. And, um, Put it to use and remember his websites, which I told you last week I wrote down to get him right, globalskywatch.com and Orbis O-R-B-I-S Vitae, V like Victor, I T A E dot com. And you can follow Russ's work there. All kinds of valuable links. He puts amazing information into his sites, it goes beyond just geoengineering to everything connected with it. And uh lostartsradio.com is for us. And if you want to be working on these things on a personal level with a supportive group, and I'll be there live interactive every week, check out planetaryhealingclub.com. That's also the page where if you go to that page, even if you don't want to be in Planetary Healing Club, if you go to the right of the main center of it, you'll see a place where you can leave us your email address and... um if you do that, we'll send out the free personal communications that we're starting on the new substack that Doug set up for us. And uh, I've already started that, but you'll get the ones that you missed if you leave us your email address and do that too. So that's about it. It's a long discussion that we split into two weeks. I hope you get something out of it. Give us your feedback. Join us in Planetary Healing Club if you're so inclined. And uh take good care of yourself, as Russ was talking about Body, mind, emotion, and spirit are all tied together, as long as you're in these costumes. Honor it, take care of yourself, and it'll help you have more to give to everybody else that you're interacting with. Thanks for joining us. I really appreciate it. Stay in touch, and I want to hear from you, uh, Richard at com. future topics, and also uh, topics on the Substack, because that's intended to give you a flavor of what we're doing in Planetary Healing Club Without having to be part of that group If you'd rather not So whatever you're interested in uh, Us focusing on let us know Okay So take care Have a good week And we'll see you next time Here in the dark Our skies
0: They're all the same And in the night You're mine. Keeps playing games But in the heart A wish is just a dream Time never waits Though hide.